Hi, my name is Brendan Malone and you're listening to The Dispatches, the podcast that strives to cut through all the noise in order to challenge the popular narratives of the day with some good old-fashioned contrarian thinking. You might not always agree, but at least you'll be taking a deeper look at the world around you. Hi everybody, welcome along to another episode of The Dispatches. It's great to be back with you again. If you're not already a subscriber to this podcast, why not hit that little subscribe or follow button on whatever platform you're listening on right now, and that way you'll be kept up to date about every single new episode that we put to air. Plus, while you're there, if you could give us a bit of a rating, that would be really helpful as well. So give us a few stars and maybe a comment, a written comment, if your platform allows you to do that, because all of that really helps the show. As an added bonus, if you want to get access to an extra exclusive episode of the Dispatches podcast every single week, then all you have to do is become a supporter of Left Foot Media at patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. The link is in the show notes. If you contribute $5 or more per month, not only will you be helping to support the work of Left Foot Media, but you will also get an exclusive patrons-only episode of The Dispatches every single week. So that is four to five extra episodes exclusively for our patrons every single month. A huge thank you to all of our patrons. You guys are awesome. It's thanks to you that today's episode was made possible. Plus, it's thanks to you we've been able to launch our brand new Left Foot Media website. Drum roll, please. Oh, it's probably too late for that because I've already announced it, haven't I? But the new website is now live at watchlfm.com. That's W-A-T-C-H-L-F-M.com. And on that website, you can find all of the Left Foot Media content in one place. So all of our video content and audio content, uh, you can find episodes of the panel, you can find our Monday Night Live interview shows, plus all of the Dispatches podcast episodes are available on there as well. On that uh, website, you can also uh, become a, a subscriber to our email list, and we've set that up just in case anything was to happen in regards to censorship, so if we got booted off any platform, it would be our way of keeping in contact and letting you know about what else is coming up and what's going on and where you can go to access our content should, heaven forbid, anything like that happen to us as it has to some other shows. One other thing I'll say too is that this website, this is phase one and we would like to develop it further. It's really just a matter of funding and time and uh, we've got some other ideas and, and plans in the works that we would love to be able to develop as well. So a huge thank you to everyone who's supporting Left Foot Media Thanks to you guys, that new website and all of this great content is made possible. Right, today's topic of conversation, and I really feel I have to start again this show by saying something I've said a couple of times now. This is not a COVID-only podcast, it really isn't, that's not why it was established, but here I am today, I'm going to talk about another COVID-related issue, but I wasn't planning to. Trust me, please trust me, today's episode was originally going to be about something else, but then Uh, some things happened in the media that I felt were worthy of conversation because uh, to me they were extremely concerning. And so today what I want to talk about is this, what I think, what I consider to be a a disgraceful vaccine witch hunt that is now being conducted by our media. And I really think that when I look at this situation, I think that it's a violation of journalistic ethics and it is hugely 
socially harmful because of the divis- divisions that it is actively sowing uh, and needlessly sowing as well. And, and I hope that today, regardless of whatever your stance is, I hope that we can all agree, no matter where you stand on these issues, COVID, the response, the vaccines, no matter what it is, no matter where you stand, I hope we can all agree that there are certain lines in the sand that should not be crossed. And one of those important lines is that the media should not be pursuing New Zealand citizens with a witch hunt that basically effectively treats them as if they are, I mean, it's borderline criminals, really, they're being treated as simply because of or due to their uh, vaccine-related choices. And I, I think, yeah, I really think this is actually out of control and it's completely unacceptable. And I'll explain more as we go. I should say one other thing about today's episode too, and that is I am recording this in the final days of the school holidays and we've got a few extra families floating around our house at the moment. Um, my wife has some of her lovely friends over for uh, a coffee morning. And so you might hear a few extra bumps and thumps and screams and hollers that aren't normal. Don't panic. That's uh, <laughs> I've done my best to try and keep everyone up the other end of the house. But, you know, kids are kids. So that may be an issue in today's episode. Right, let's jump into this. And let's talk about this problem of this disgraceful uh, vaccine witch hunt that the media is now engaged in. And it's not just one media outlet, by the way. Initially, I thought it was, but I've now seen it happening across multiple media outlets. In fact, in the past five or six days, I have seen uh, one, two, three, four, five different stories across at least two platforms. And I suspect there might be others. I haven't really gone digging too much further, but they are both major platforms. And these stories are targeting individual New Zealand citizens And the whole story is about them and their vaccination status. This is not a good thing and it's not a healthy trend because the next step in this process is, uh, in fact, I think we've already, that has already happened. You'll see from one of these stories, I was going to say the next step is that we will start seeing media reports about individual citizens and their vaccine choices uh, who are not in uh, positions of political leadership. But in actual fact, I've realized that one of these people that I'm going to talk about today actually isn't in a position of political leadership at all. In fact, very much is a private citizen, and they were still targeted despite that fact. I know that uh, one, um, at least one media outlet has been covering uh, data about the suburbs who have the lowest vaccination rates. I don't think that's particularly healthy or helpful either. But let's look at these specific incidents. So first of all, there's the New Zealand Herald. And the New Zealand Herald started their particular trend of the vaccine witch hunt about two or three weeks ago when they launched their 90% campaign, which is already, I would suggest, highly questionable because already I've heard uh, our government leaders in the last few days talking about a target of 95% but the Herald is still running with a 90% target. Uh, I've talked previously about this in a previous episode of why I think it is highly questionable and hugely problematic for a uh, media outlet to be running a public health campaign of this sort and why it's really not appropriate and it creates a serious conflict of interest. I'm not going to relitigate that. But one thing they did after they launched their 90% campaign 
was they then proceeded to uh, dedicate a whole article and it included a, uh, a very clearly laid out table with a list of all of the New Zealand MPs with their full vaccination status. So those who had one, those who had two, and those who had uh, not been vaccinated yet. And when I saw that, I was alarmed because there's absolutely no need for that. I don't believe for a second that that sort of information helps anyone or encourages a vaccine uptake. All it does is actually puts our politicians uh, in the spotlight for their private medical decision making. And I don't think that's acceptable. I just don't think that's acceptable. It's different if a politician wants to volunteer their own information. So a politician wants to step up and make a public um, stance on an issue and, and share their views, or any member of the public for that matter. If they go public with their own personal private information and the media want to run that story, there's nothing wrong with that. But when the media are the ones instigating this and they are pursuing people in this way, I've got a problem with it. It's actually not acceptable, I don't think, at all. And it, it creates, a, 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 I think, an unfair, and I would say now you sort of start to very slowly creep into dangerous levels of bullying, bullying and coercion of individuals. So that's where the, 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 the Herald started a couple of weeks ago. Then last weekend, in fact, over a couple of days, they ran two different articles about National MP Maureen Pugh. Now, Maureen Pugh, let, let me explain her story according to what she has told the media. She had not yet been vaccinated, but she gave reasons for that, and she explained that she wanted to just check with her trusted medical professionals about whether or not it really was the right thing to do for her. Which is, by the way, that's really prudent and that's how you go about making good, healthy medical decisions. Don't just do it because someone's told you to do it. Don't just rush off and do or not do something because of coercion. You should actually stop and think about what you're doing and the medical decisions that you are making. And so she has a history, as I understand it, from the media reports of heart issues in her family and she just wanted to be cautious about the vaccine and those kinds of issues for herself. Now, as far as I'm concerned, big whoop. What is wrong with that? There is nothing wrong with that. Despite that fact, the media continued to pursue. There were two articles. And in the second article, they referred to her in the headline as a, let me quote this, vaccine holdout. That's how they described her. Vaccine holdout Maureen Pugh which, again, this shows you that this is not journalism. This is disgraceful. It's bullying. It's, it's public shaming. It's not journalism. There's no public interest in this. We don't need to know her vaccination status. Nothing of any importance hinges on her vaccination status. It just doesn't. Now, in that article, in fact, not just that article, but both of the articles which appeared a couple of days apart about Maureen Pugh, they also included this sentence about a completely different MP who had nothing to do with the issue. Fellow MP Simeon Brown has now received a vaccination. He was one of the last national MPs to get vaccinated. Again, so what? And why are you publishing that information? He actually has been vaccinated. So why is there any need to even mention that fact? This is not 
good. Some have called it gutter journalism. I think it's worse than that. I think here you have a group of people who are in an elite and privileged position of power, as in the media, and they're using that position of privilege and power to target people and to shame people. There's no other, there's no other way to explain this using terms like vaccine holdout, writing articles, multiple articles, naming people in articles who are already vaccinated and, and, and who have nothing to do with the story that you're even covering. These are all unacceptable behaviours, in my opinion. And if the New Zealand media and those in the media want to know why so few of us trust you now and why so few of us look at you with any sort of credibility, take a long, hard look at these articles and this kind of behaviour, and then perhaps you might get an instinct or a feel for why the New Zealand public have such low confidence in you and your ability to tell the truth and to do your actual job. Your actual job is not to shame people for their private medical decisions. Your job is to report in the most unbiased way possible on issues that have relevant public interest, which these do not. So that was the New Zealand Herald. But it doesn't end there. Stuff.co.nz has also been playing this game. There was an article which appeared a couple of days ago on Stuff about a man named Trevor McIntyre. And by the way, this is the man I was referring to earlier when I said here's someone who is a private citizen. He is not a public figure. Now, Trevor McIntyre was the board of trustees chairman of the Hyatta Community Campus here in Christchurch, so a school. And he resigned after, uh, I think about an hour and a half or so, after the government issued its mandate requiring that all New Zealand teachers get vaccinated, and if they don't, they will be sacked from their jobs. Now, I've already talked about that on the previous episode and why that's such a big problem. And again, let me reiterate, and I don't want to relitigate all the issues, but let me reiterate how this could have been solved. There was no need to do this. A simple compromise could have been reached here, whereby those teachers who were vaccine hesitant could continue to teach as long as they got a COVID test every single week. That would have solved the problem. You wouldn't have sacked uh, or coerced good teachers into a position that they don't want to be in. Um, And so... That policy is completely unacceptable. And so uh, Trevor McIntyre, he resigned not long after that policy was announced. And then the media went after him over this. This is a guy who's just, he's a chairman of a board of trustees of of a school. There's no public interest in pursuing this man over this at all, especially when you read the story. And in the article, he actually told the journalist that he'd resigned and he had no further comment to make. He just wasn't, he didn't make a big deal out of it. He didn't publicly state in his resignation letter or anything like that, I'm resigning because of this policy. He just resigned. He said, I've got no further comment to make. I've enjoyed my time. I'm disappointed to go, but, you know, I'm I'm resigning. It was very much that. The media came after him. He didn't want to make further comment about it. Uh, But the principal of the school, uh, when she was interviewed about it, she said, look, I've had conversations with him, and as I understand it, it was because of this policy And she was very gracious and and very kind to him, I thought. Her comments were very good. She said, he's a principled man. She said, I've really enjoyed working with him. He's a very principled man. And he just felt 
that on principle he couldn't stay in this role while this was being done to teachers. And you know what I say to him? I say, Trevor McIntyre, you are a man of virtue and you are a good man with the kind of courage and principled uh, approach to these issues that we could do with a lot more of right now in New Zealand. There's just such a lack of principle in all of this right now, but here's a man who's just taken a quiet, principled stand. He's resigned himself from a position because of his conscience, and the media, though, went after this and pursued him. And here's what it says in the article. Let me quote to you from one section of the article. McIntyre said he was fine with vaccines. So in other words, he's not an anti-vaxxer. He also said this, I haven't had my COVID vaccine, but I've had all my other vaccines. He refused to discuss his views on the COVID-19 vaccine and why he had not received it. And nor should he have to. He's a private citizen for Pete's sake. He did not go to the media and say, I'm resigning because of this vaccine mandate, which would be a different story, because then I believe there would be an appropriate level of public interest and it would be instigated by the citizen themselves. And so it would be fine for the media to interview and ask questions, but he didn't do that. But they pursued him over this and then they make a big deal out of it in the story. He refused to discuss his views on the COVID-19 vaccine and why he had not received it. He should not have to do that. No one should have to do that. I don't need to know your or anyone else's vaccination status. I just don't. And let me be clear again, I don't actually mind what it is. I don't care what your position on the vaccine is, whether you've had it or not had it. It's irrelevant to me, as it should be for all of us. This is just completely out of order. This man, as I said, is a private citizen. His, his photograph was splashed all over the papers. There, there were articles, and by the way, the New Zealand Herald also ran an article on this man, splashed his photograph all over the paper. He did not deserve this. This is not warranted. I would argue this is unethical behaviour. There is zero public interest in what is going on here. It is not good. Now, here's one thing, though, that I thought was really, really positive about this particular article or really this particular incident. At the end of the article, it goes on to talk about the school principal at the school, Peggy Burrows, and what she had done in relation to vaccines and discussing vaccines with the students at the school. And, and let me quote to you from the article. At an assembly on the last day of Term 3, Burroughs spoke about the COVID-19 vaccine and shared her view, but told students it was their choice. I said to our students, I'm not here to tell you you have to have a vaccine. I am fully vaccinated and so is my husband, and we've made that choice, and the choice is yours, and I want it to be an informed choice. That there is a perfect example of how you speak publicly about these issues and how you handle this. This is so spot on because, number one, you share a view, you present your position, and then you encourage people to make an informed decision of their own. This is perfect. There's no shaming. There's no coercion in any of that. And what that does is it allows people free to make a choice and it also 
uh, what the research tells us is that you are more likely to get through to vaccine-hesitant people with this kind of approach than you are by shaming, punishment, coercion, and all of the disgusting behaviours that the media is engaging in around this issue. Now, let's move on to the final story I want to talk about today. And I want to read this article because this was one I read. Uh, it, it was published the evening of the, so the, the first, and that the, the morning of, um, when was it? Wednesday morning, this article about Trevor McIntyre started circulating. And then that, by that same evening, this second story about a different uh, person had started circulating on stuff.co.nz. And I think this is the worst example I have seen so far. Those previous examples, I think, were unacceptable behaviours. This article was just disgusting. And I, I, I've seen very few incidents in the media that I would use such strong language to describe. But this is one of them. And I've had my disagreements and I've seen bias and all those other kinds of problems in the media. But it's very rare to see something where I think to myself, how the heck did a, an editor actually greenlight this? Why would a journalist do this? This is just disgusting what has gone on in this article. And it also includes Susie Wiles, who joined in the disgusting behavior in this article. So let me, so just so you know, and you can get a feel, and you can see that this is not me making something up you know, I'm, I'm actually going to go to the source and we're going to read through it or most of it together. And so you can see why I feel the way that I do about this particular article. Right. So let's have a look at this article from stuff.co.nz, which is headlined vaccination expert disgusted by Waikato Mayor's no Pfizer stance. And here's the content of the article. The mayor of a recent hotspot of COVID-19 scares. So, so just, just, just note that word scares. So these were, oh, we, we, we could have had COVID. Like, this, I mean, this is really stretching things now, right? It's not just COVID cases, but it's now scares of possible cases that we're sort of really amping up the fear on. The mayor of a recent hotspot of COVID-19 scares has been dubbed massively irresponsible after revealing she has no plans to get the Pfizer vaccine. Thames Coromandel Mayor Sandra Gowdy, and by the way, I might be pronouncing her last name wrong there, so I apologise if I am, admitted to staff on Wednesday that she wasn't vaccinated. Oh, she admitted to stuff. Right? So, you know, you have to, now it's, it's a sort of a, a public confession of, you know, of, of guilt here. She twice hung up on stuff. That detail, by the way, is just irrelevant. It's only in the article to try and paint her in the worst light possible. It's not relevant. It didn't need to be there. She twice hung up on stuff, but said she is waiting for another COVID-19 vaccine, Novavax, not yet approved in New Zealand. She refused to say why she had made that call, and nor should she have to say why she has made that call. Here's a woman. Just think about what, what you're reading here and what I've just read to you. Here is a woman who has said, I am waiting for the Novavax vaccine. That's the vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine that I am most comfortable with. And so clearly here's someone who's looked into various options and who has made a decision. And now even that is not good enough. Even that is not good enough. 
So this witch hunt has just amplified a whole nother level. The purity test now has gone into the extreme. This is just completely out of order. This is not someone who's standing up saying, I don't want vaccines or I think vaccines are dangerous or Bill Gates is going to microchip you. Nothing even remotely like that. She's saying, I'm going to get a vaccine, but I want this other option. This is what I want. I've th th this is someone who's looked into it. And they're saying, well, why have you made that decision? <laughs> Tell us now. We demand to know. We demand a sacrifice. <laughs> this is just crazy. COVID-19 expert Dr. Susie Wiles says Gowdy's ill-informed decision is putting others in danger. Okay, so two things there. No, she's not. Her decision, no matter what her decision is about vaccines is, this one person is not exposing anyone to any great danger here. No one, and the, the, the COVID strategy and public safety is not put at risk by the decision of one individual. I'm sorry, it's just not. That is completely unacceptable. It is completely over the top. And it's, it, quite frankly, it's disgraceful. It really does put a lot of other, or a lot of Susie Wiles' other endeavours in a new light for me because it leaves me wondering, are the scientific claims also coloured by this lack of rationality too? And secondly, you'll notice that she calls her ill-informed. So now we've got to the stage in the purity test where if you actually look at options, like clearly here's someone who's looked at options and has looked around and look at, looked at vaccine um, different vaccine technologies and things that are available and has said, this is the one I want. Apparently now that's what qualifies as being ill-informed. I mean, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. Gowdy told Stuff that it was her personal choice to wait for the vaccine, which is not expected to come into the country until next year. And she's absolutely right. It is her personal choice. This should not even be an article. It is just disgraceful to me that this article was written, let alone published. It is completely unacceptable. The article goes on. But Wiles said Gowdy claiming personal choice wasn't a good enough excuse. Excuse me? Of course it is. Your personal therapeutic and medical decisions that you make, they, of course they are about the choices that you and only you can make. This is unacceptable. What Wiles is doing here is just repugnant. This is so out of line. The University of Auckland School of Medical Sciences associate professor says not only does Gaudi's stance put herself and others at risk, but it also set a bad example to the community. We need more role models, and this is not a good role model. I'm sorry, it doesn't. It actually sets a good example of someone who is vaccine hesitant who is now looking at options and has said what she's actually showing to the community is, hey, you don't need to be a staunch opponent of these vaccines. There are other options and you can avail yourself of those other options if you have concerns about the Pfizer due to the nature of the technology involved and things like that. And the fact that we don't yet have long-term data on it, which we don't, things like that, which do cause rational, sane people who are well-meaning, who are well-intentioned, to say, yeah, I'm just a little bit hesitant at the moment. And, and so this is someone who's modelling, hey, you don't have to reject vaccines altogether. You can actually make another choice and still do your bit to aid in the fight against COVID, right? So how is that a bad role model? It's not. It's just not. The coastal mayor 
has a history of going against expert advice. And so now the uh, journalist involved in writing the story has now ramped up the smear campaign. So now we're going to dig into other issues that have got nothing to do with this particular issue, which, by the way, shouldn't have even been an issue in the first place. And we're now going to start piling on. And as you'll see in a moment, we're going to start adding a list of other things that we're going to use as cudgels and weapons against this woman to try and malign her because she's not making the decision that we, as in the royal we here, want her to make. Here's what they say in the article. In August, she admitted that she had grown complacent and was not using the COVID-19 tracer app. She changed her tune quickly when soon after several locations of interest were revealed in the district. Well, stuff.co.nz, let me let you in on a little secret. Lots of us had also become that exact same level of complacent about using the COVID-19 tracer app. End of secret. There is nothing unusual. In fact, most New Zealanders, if they were honest, would tell you they had become complacent. And and we know there have been stories written about it. There, there was definitely uh, a decrease in the number of people who were using that app. And by the way, I'm one of those people. So what? It's irrelevant. Because what it tells us is that she quickly adjusted her behaviour and started using the app again. So So why would you even include that point? They then go on to, I'm not going to relitigate things here, but they go on to, to uh, quote a, a statement she made back in 2020 around climate change. They also go on to say that that same year when Auckland went into alert level three and the rest of the country into alert level two after the country's first lockdown. So this is last year, 2020. She encouraged Aucklanders to hunker down in the Coromandel. So this was after they came out of the level four lockdown and we're in level three, previous level three, or in Auckland was, and the rest of us were in level two, she said, hunker down in the Coromandel. Now, I imagine a lot of business owners would be quite happy about that because what that would mean is that there would be money coming into the economy that they had been starved of for many weeks before that point. I really don't think there's anything particularly outrageous about that at all. I really don't. But this is what we've got to. This is the level we've got to now with the witch hunt and the, and the, and the public shaming and maligning of people um, we're just digging up any old thing and, you know, now accusing them of being immoral heathens and heretics worthy of our public lynching. Anyway, the article goes on. Wiles says the idea is that if approved in New Zealand, Novavax could be an option for a booster shot for adults in the future and for children under 12 currently vulnerable to contracting COVID-19. It's not an alternative to Pfizer, she said. Uh, excuse me? That's exactly what it is. There seems to be, I've talked to some people who seem to have a little bit of confusion about this, who think that when they hear the government talking about booster shots, they seem to think boosters are like a completely different medication. No, 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 Novavax is actually a COVID-19 vaccine first and foremost, and you can use that vaccine as a booster to enhance immunity. It's not a booster only medication. So it's not a different category called booster you know, which doesn't give you the, the full coverage of a vaccination. This is a COVID-19 vaccination. It is absolutely false to say it's not an alternative to Pfizer. It very much is an alternative to Pfizer. That's exactly what it is. It's an alternative vaccine. She goes on to say this. There is only one vaccine option in New Zealand. We have approval in place for another couple, but we don't have them here right now, and they're not as protective 
as the vaccine we have right now. Hold the phone. Hold the phone. Because quite frankly, and perhaps if Miss um, Wiles would like, I, I could send her a recent article from a science writer in The Atlantic highlighting how in actual fact the experts in the data is pointing to the fact that Novavax will be a better option than Pfizer. So here's, here's a person, Susie Wiles, who's joined in this witch hunt, who only a couple of weeks ago was caught on film violating the Level 4 lockdown rules in Auckland. And here she is now deigning to make herself this sort of moral authority who will look down her nose and lecture a New Zealand citizen who hasn't gone out there and made any false claims about vaccines, who hasn't tried to promote conspiracy theories, who has actually said, I'm looking at the Novavax option for myself for my vaccine choice. And apparently now that that is not good enough. That doesn't pass the purity test, apparently. Apparently now it's Pfizer only. And if you don't get vaccinated with Pfizer, you're an immoral, dangerous person. Well, I want to know then exactly what the funding sources are for Susie Wiles' professional work. I think it's time. If we've got public experts who are out in the public who are now claiming that Pfizer is the only option and there's something wrong with you if you don't get a Pfizer vaccine, I want to know whether there's any Pfizer-related money that's, that's connected in any way with her research. Now, there might not be, but I think that's what we're entitled to in this sort of situation, aren't we? It's time to start finding out a bit more. There needs to be a bit more transparency around some of the stuff because what we've got happening now is we've got a, a group of technocrats who have been brought into the inner circle by our government and they are effectively, they have a very powerful role in shaping current policy around these issues. While they're not elected, they're not accountable, they're receiving, what is it, the, the articles the other day indicated $6 million in government money. So I, I, I want to know I want to know more about the transparency of all of this. Because quite frankly, I just can't believe that this would be happening. So in the last five or six days, we've had a series of incidents for me with the, the public experts who are advising the government, which have caused red flags to start pinging off for me. So first of all, uh, late last week, Michael Baker, who's probably been one of the most prominent and senior advisors to the government, he came out last week and declared that uh, he thought we should decriminalise cannabis as part of our strategy to fight COVID-19. Now, as, as I said, I'm no expert, but I, I really think that you have wandered way off the reservation when you're making claims like that. That, to me, is a political ideological position, not a genuine, uh, finely tuned and, uh, and, and, and very clearly and starkly focused vision on the actual pandemic at hand and how to effectively deal with what's going on in New Zealand. Over the weekend, another one of the advisors, uh, Rod Jackson, got into the New Zealand media and he said, this is in a New Zealand media context, he said, oh, let me, I'll quote him, he says, I'm freaking out in a major way. And this was about the Northland uh, cases. He said, I'm freaking out in a major way. We've had Susie Wiles now do this in this article. Like, like I, I look at this and I say to myself, I hope there are clearer, calmer, and more focused minds than this who are also advising the government. Because if this makes up the central hub of advisors, 
then I'm concerned about what advice is actually being given and whether it's as level-headed and calm and rational and really, most importantly, focused on the issue at hand as it could be. Now, let let me explain why I say this. I contrast those sorts of reactions, Baker, Jackson, Wiles, with what I see from Ashley Bloomfield and have seen for him for almost a solid two years now. He has been in the public limelight and spotlight on a daily basis fronting and heading this COVID-19 response. And yes, there have been points of disagreement that I've had with Bloomfield. But you know what? Not once have I ever thought, man, this guy is giving me cause to be concerned about his demeanor, his character, and his rationality. What I see with Bloomfield is a man who has calmly, coherently, and who, who very much cares about and is focused on the issue at hand, which is the pandemic. He's, he's not playing politics. It's not like Jacinda Ardern, this is political theater for her. He's not doing any of that. He's focused and he seems to genuinely care. It seems to me that he's a man of character who has been calm and measured and considered. And and that's exactly what you need and you want to see in, in this crisis. That's exactly what you need. You don't need people rushing off making ideological proposals about cannabis, people getting in the public media and freaking out people who are going into the media and targeting other people and, 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 and accusing them of being irresponsible and, and, and uh, claiming that they are endangering lives because they've chosen a vaccine other than Pfizer. You know, none of this stuff instills confidence. It's not rational behavior. And as I said, you contrast that with Bloomfield, who has conducted himself exactly in the way that we need leaders in this pandemic to conduct themselves. See, basically what's going on here with all of these articles is this is a media witch hunt, as I said, and it is repugnant. I would suggest that I I think this is a serious breach of ethics, of journalistic ethics. What you have here is hounding, coercion, shaming of New Zealand citizens, and there is absolutely zero public interest in this. There is no legitimate public interest in these stories at all. Like I said, Nothing hinges on whether you and I in the public know the vaccination status of another person. Nothing hinges on that fact. The only time there could be relevance around that sort of information would be as if a person has put them forward, put themselves forward to maintain a particular position and their vaccination status might be relevant information that could, you know, uh, raise questions about transparency or an accountability and, and whether or not they are compromised in some way. But th- that would be very, very rare circumstances. And uh, in, in the main, and you know, the norm is absolutely there is no need for us to know anyone else's vaccination status. End of story. This is not journalism. This is absolutely not journalism. And this is uh, coming from media outlets who have received millions of dollars in funding from the government over the past, what are we, 18 months now, that, that COVID handout, cash handout they gave, which never should have happened. It never should have happened, but it did. Um, and, and it's starting to look more like these kind of behaviours are the sort of things that you, that you would expect from Pravda, the, the, uh, the media arm of the former communist Soviet regime. Pravda, the Russian word for truth, ironically. 
and and you've got this media outlet, which is nothing more than an arm of the state. It's a propaganda arm of the state. And these kind of behaviours from our media are very much consistent with that kind of conduct. They are not consistent with good ethical journalism at all. Good ethical journalism is about the media acting as the fourth estate, as Edmund Burke rightly referred to it as. This is the, this is the model, this is the ideal, the fourth estate, which helps to keep and play a very important role, in fact, in keeping accountability around governance and leadership, particularly at the highest levels. Well, this is not the fourth estate kind of behaviour. This is more like the behaviour of a fifth column, which has embedded itself within society and is doing great harm. See, this is not helping vaccine hesitancy one iota. It just isn't. This is not going to do a single thing to help vaccine hesitancy. In fact, I would suggest it is undermining vaccine hesitancy, which we don't want right now, so it's irresponsible. And this is also the media actively fostering harmful social divisions in New Zealand. They are promoting an ethos and a a mentality that they are encouraging the rest of New Zealand to adopt the same mentality that they have, which is you should be looking with suspicion and asking and probing people around you about their vaccine choices, and somehow they uh, they should be considered irresponsible, they should be considered immoral if they haven't made the vaccine decision that, that you want them to make, or not you want them to make, that, that the state or, uh, that is in line with the current state strategy, which is they want as many people as possible to get vaccinated. So if they haven't been vaccinated, or in this case, if they haven't been vaccinated with Pfizer. <laughs> I mean, this is just unbelievable. I mean, I, the, that article, hopefully you can see now why I was so disgusted in, in that article and why I felt that um, this episode of this podcast, which was not going to be about COVID, I, I felt I had to talk about this issue. It's just shocking. It, it's, it shouldn't be happening and it needs to stop. It absolutely needs to stop. There is harmful social division being fostered actively by the media by this behaviour. And here's something that I think, I, I was contemplating this last night and it sort of dawned on me, well, what if someone who is, who, who is perhaps mentally unbalanced and, and we're, we're currently right now we're in a state of siege, we're in a state of fear, there's this fixation on COVID, and there's just a there's a there's a there's a just a constant hum underlying hum of fear, and you've got people who are under state of siege. You've got different states of lockdown around the country, and imagine someone who's just a little bit unbalanced. And in that circumstance, where there's this constant state of psychological siege happening, they read an article like this about one of these people, and they decide to go and do some harm to that person because they believe wrongly that that person is an immoral person who is a serious danger and a threat to New Zealand. It's quite conceivable that someone who's not balanced could actually simply run with what the media have done here and say, well, that's my cue. Now, hopefully that doesn't happen. I'm really hoping it doesn't. And there are times where unbalanced people will do those kinds of things, and and it's not the fault of the media outlet. But in this case, I would suggest it would be the fault of the media outlet, absolutely. If someone pursued any one of these people and did something to them because they thought that, you know, whether it was an attack on this person or even something even worse, because they considered that person to be a threat and they were fired up and angry to the point of irrationality about it, then it would absolutely be the fault of the media because none of this would be happening if the media hadn't chosen to target these people. These people did not put themselves out. None of them that I'm aware of went out and publicly sought out this attention and made public stands of any kind on this issue. They were pursued by the media. This is unacceptable. It's dangerous. It's fostering very harmful social divisions. 
and it should not be happening. So that's all I want to say about that in this episode of The Dispatches. Thanks again for tuning in. If you are not already a subscriber, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. And if you want to get access to those extra patron-only exclusive episodes of The Dispatches podcast, one every single week, if you want to get access to that, just uh, become a supporter of Left Foot Media at patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. Link in the show notes. $5 or more per month gets you access to those exclusive episodes. And don't forget, live by goodness, truth and beauty, not by lies. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next time on The Dispatches. The Dispatches podcast is a production of Left Foot Media. If you enjoyed this show, then please help us to ensure that more of this great content keeps getting made by becoming a patron of our work at patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. Link in the show notes. Thanks for listening. See you next time on The Dispatches.